0: Getting a divorce, Mom.
1: You can't be friends with him anymore. mom Charlie Bird. <laughs> mom. <laughs> mom?
0: Mom? What?
2: You know, most people in my business, you're just transactions to them. I like to think of you as
1: people. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> you remind me of myself on my second marriage. Hey, everybody, welcome to Get the Watches Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And I I just realized what trailer is going to be playing before we get in the episode. So that was a very cheery (laughs) intro for what I'm sure is a very depressing trailer.
0: Uh, (laughs) I purposely did that. Just, you know, Um, Ryan's just fighting this whole thing already.
1: So today we're it's a new month and we kind of stumbled into a theme for this month, which is Oscar movies. It's about a month after the Oscars. So everything that was. Nominated It's pretty much out now for us to rent and get at Redbox and watch legally. So, yeah. <laughs> we're going to start going through some of the stuff that was nominated that we saw and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And we're starting it off with a movie that Devin saw Marriage Story
0: and enjoyed. Yeah. So, Devin and enjoyed. Like, I specifically wanted both of you to watch this because I wanted to talk about it because yes. this movie meant a lot to me this year. And I cannot wait to talk all about how you guys, how much you guys, I'm sure, loved this movie.
1: Okay. So let's dive right into it. Like, tell us about the first time you watched this, because this is a movie that's on Netflix.
0: Did you see this in theaters? Did you watch it on your phone? Did you watch it? Yeah. So I ended up watching this probably in the worst conditions one could ever watch a movie. I watched it on my phone on an airplane. And typically when I watch movies like in that environment, I'm half paying attention to it. It doesn't hold my, almost no matter what the, the topic, it will not hold my attention. And I'm always doing something else or thinking about how my back hurts or how my butt hurts or how I'm hungry or whatever. But this movie legitimately gripped me the whole time from like the second I started watching it until it stopped. Like I was locked in the movie and I was on, I was along for the ride. So I like literally from the get go, Loved it. And I picked it for you guys because we had talked earlier and I want to give a little bit of background just to justify me. We talked a little bit earlier about me wanting to watch more rom-coms. And I want you guys to know something about this movie and where it's coming from. Now, Ryan is cringing, which is good because you and Romana will agree with each other. But let's I want to hear about you guys. What did you guys think?
1: Um, Ryan, do you want to start? Okay, I don't have a problem
2: with the movie. I liked it. It's good great oh. acting, great storyline, great everything. The context of why Devin wants us to watch this is what's getting to me.
1: Okay. Well, and I we'll, will explain that later. Yeah, when we get into that, we'll get into that. I I enjoyed this movie. Um it made me cringe at spots. Um and we'll get into why, but it's it's fine. It's a nice drama. I found myself both cheering and booing both of the main characters at certain spots, mm-hmm. which I think it does a very good job of showing both sides, yep. even though it is pretty leaning, leaning towards one side heavily. Like you see mm-hmm. more of Adam driver's side of things than you do ScarJo's, And I
0: mm-hmm. think that's
1: because of the director. And We'll get into all of that. Yeah. And like, but what I, I have an appreciation for this movie, for everything that everyone brought into this movie. Mm-hmm. because both Noah Bomback the director and Scar Joe and Laura Dern all went through divorces. Yeah. So they all brought in something to this movie. So like he cast Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson early on to to sh- help shape their characters with their own experiences. Yep. Along with his. So I, I really appreciate the community aspect of it. Like, everyone contributing something. And mm-hmm. I, you could really see that uh, when ScarJo's meeting with Laura Dern for the first time. She's telling all these stories. You, like, you, you can just picture her with Ryan Reynolds going through all this stuff like yeah. <laughs> from her first marriage. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, I thought it looked great for being on Netflix. Devin talked about watching it on his phone on a plane I watched it at my computer like on my computer to monitor through my ps4 so like I could appreciate the the different aspect ratio I could see the film grain um, I thought it was a beautifully shot movie yeah and I, I enjoyed it
2: I saw was it uh, I saw it on my Xbox that's on my TV which both of you guys have seen too. So, I mean, yeah. like I had the sound way up. So, I mean, like the music I thought was great in this film.
1: Oh, we'll um, get into that.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I thought the music fit, you know, here and there, but I mean, oh. t- 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 but I mean, t- to Alan's point, um, you can tell that everybody brought their a game into this movie. Cause this is one of those films where this is like, to me as an artist, well, to me for an artist, this is a like portfolio film. This is a movie you can point to to show how good you are at uh is that your craft. Like I could definitely see uh uh Adam Driver and S- and Scarlett Johansson pointing to this film more than Star Wars or Iron Man for their acting ability. So to me this is more of a like you know this is a portfolio film. Like this is a like you know like work yeah.
1: stamp
0: type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like this is
1: their demo this is going to go in their demo reel. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. And there are definitely some parts of it where, like, I, I I can see that being like the demo reel and like I can go, oh, yeah, that was so well acted. And just like the nuance that they all brought to their roles, I thought was so good. And like Laura Dern won the Oscar for this one. And I think it was absolutely, absolutely warranted. I thought she was phenomenal in it.
2: Can we just say she's Satan? Like out of this whole film, but, like to me, she's the most but, evil yeah. one. She really is. She's the most evil person in the thing.
1: She's based on a real person.
2: I'm not surprised. Oh, is she? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, She was based on one of the lawyers that I think three of them had to deal with during their divorces. Yeah. I think it was ScarJo, Nora Bomback, and I think Laura Dern. Yeah. Like, I think she went through – they all went through that person, so she made it into the film. And it's so great. <laughs> like like she's the devil but then like you get Alan Alda who's just kind of like Alan Alda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was so excited to hear Alan or to see Alan Alda in this movie in the middle of a plane. I went, "Oh, that's Alan Alda." Like to nobody. I just was so happy he was around.
1: There, there were three three actors that made me go, "Oh my god." Like in this movie, Alan Alda is one of them. Yeah. Wallace Shaw is another. Who is that? Oh, he's the, <laughs> he plays such a good part.
2: <laughs> oh, him, the Grand Agus. Yes, yeah. I was gonna bring that up. There are two <laughs> Star Trek actors in this that jumped out to me and distracted me completely.
1: And then the third one is Tilly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't watched Discovery, Devin, So yeah, you she, no she's idea. on Discovery. got yeah, know who Tilly is. Uh, she's the redhead <laughs> actor in the co- in the theater company. Oh, okay. So, yeah. No, so I saw her. Yeah. Like I, I was looking at IMDb, watching the movie, and yeah. I saw her name. I was like. Oh, I miss her. And then it was like the the, the last scene with the theater company. Oh my God, yeah. there she is. Uh, oh my God. There, there is a lot we need to talk about yeah. in this movie. So I think we need to, <laughs> we've been bearing the lead for a while now. Uh, Devin, give us your justification for making us watch this.
0: Please. I, I feel right. like we can't have right. a
1: conversation without addressing that
0: first. No, and you're right. And I've had this conversation yesterday with Romana and I've already gotten crap for it because I understand, and you all need to know this, I understand this is not a rom-com. I understand that is not going for the same thing a rom-com is, I understand it's not like trying to hit the same beats. I totally get that, I understand this is not it. What this movie does for me that is so important to me is it shows parts of a relationship in a very realistic kind of way that I now want from movies that deal with relationships. So in a rom-com, if I see a couple fight, my expectation now in a, post, in a, in a post-marriage story world is that the, relation, the fight in the relationship is shown as realistically as this one is. I want problems to be framed as realistically as this one is. And I don't like the zany cartoon antics of, like, you know, blah, we're arguing. Like, I think that this Frames a relationship and does it in such a brilliant way that this is now the standard to which I'm going to hold relationship movies or relationships portrayed in film. That's honestly my take on it.
1: Okay. <laughs> I, I de- Ryan's been wanting to yell at you this please. whole time. So I will no, let's let him. do
2: it. Please, please, please. Okay, I'm sorry, but no. I understand okay. that you know that this is not a rom com. So you yes. need to not. Judge rom-coms off this movie I do not understand why On IMDB and Rotten Tomatoes And every other critic review thing That I read after watching this movie Because I did not understand why rom-com Even came up in the conversation for this Uh Why people consider this in that vein I understand that there were some moments That were kind of funny I never laughed Uh at anything in this film Right Like to me this was a straight up drama If you're going Uh to judge Devin, if you're going to judge Uh Uh-huh like Runaway Bride and Pretty Woman and other romantic comedies like P.S. I Love You and, you know, the uh, and the five year engagement you are going <laughs> if you are going to judge rom-coms uh-huh. off of this film. Uh-huh. What you are doing is the same thing of judging all comedies after Burn mm-hmm. After Reading. This is like if you've never seen a comedy before in your life and watched Burn After Reading and you're like, you know, this is it. If I watch another comedy and it's not set up like this, it's not I'm not going to enjoy it. And then you read the script for, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and go, oh, this is crap. This is not a comedy. This isn't good. This that's exactly what you're doing.
0: That's a really, really interesting like analogy for that, though. I mean, I, un- I totally understand where you're coming from, where like Burn After Reading is. I mean, I love that movie, but it's it's not what I would consider a normal comedy ever. And I would never consider it and Ferris Bueller in the same genre even. But yeah, I mean, I guess I get it. I mean, I think I do need to watch more. But I think what the point I'm trying or not, I think I know the point I'm trying to make is that I I don't enjoy I don't enjoy cheese in relationship movies and, and in rom-coms. And I like that this had almost a distinct lack of cheese, which made it not a rom-com. So that's, is and that's just something I'll have to take about rom-coms is that there's just a marked amount of cheese.
1: It's not always cheese though. Like I'm trying to think of some examples. Like so I mean, I'm trying to
0: think of like the holiday, Sarah right? when, like they made I don't know if I've seen that one, which one I, I have.
2: trying to forget Sarah Marshall. That's a good rom-com because that's got a bit of drama in it, but it's also got that humor.
1: See, I would look at that more as a. Just, I, I don't even consider that a. I don't even consider that a rom-com. I could. That's more that, than this. It definitely is. I, I. The problem is, like, I just did some research. Like, part of the the comedy catas- classification thing usually comes from the Golden Globes. They nominated Uh-oh. The Martian as a comedy or musical it's not a musical what? and it sure as hell isn't a comedy what yeah i mean there are comedic aspects to the martian yeah like him talking to himself saying i'm going to science the shit out of this is funny, funny. yeah but and, and matt damon does give a comedic performance but overall that film is not a comedy yeah it's a drama oh. and like there may be some light-hearted moments in this movie yeah but like, it's not funny. but it's at the end of it, it's kind of a tragedy. If you look yeah. at it, like it's the tragedy of how this marriage falls apart and how they, like it's a year in their life yeah. where their marriage is ending. Yeah. There's not anything funny about that. Um, like, so I don't even know, like, I feel like just looking at classifications on IMDB. Yeah. Isn't a great way to judge a film. No. Cause you get yeah. like, <sighs> well, because, okay. So here's the thing. Part uh, partly
2: not like I said not just the classifications but also mm-hmm. reading reviews yeah. I went through I read a review from the Atlantic I read in a review from NPR I like uh-huh. I went through and read as many reviews as I could find and each one in the first paragraph said marriage story and a few people even said it in the very first paragraph I don't understand why this is considered a rom-com but this is an excellent film
1: the, here's oh, wow. here's how I can see it as a rom com, without it being a rom com. It follows the formula of a rom com in reverse. Instead of them getting together at the end, they're completely apart.
2: Okay, I could see it being a dark romantic so it, comedy. It, it, I could it does, see it that it way. It does
1: follow some of the beats of of a rom com. So yeah. instead of the meet cute, you get the the serve cute. Okay. Like, like <laughs> him, get, him getting served with the yeah. papers. It, there's true, a story yeah. there. Okay, so, so it, it's, it's yeah. it takes the rom-com formula yeah. and plays with it to a point where instead of dealing with the beginning of this relationship and go, seeing where it goes, it's mm. starting at the end of a relationship and see where like how far into the ground it goes.
2: And I and, and the thing is, I was expecting it to be funny even during one of the most mm. serious scenes of the film because they actually have Adam Driver. Well, them coming home after their, you know, after performance dinner and this uh, and the babysitter is watching um, uh, that Tim Hanks movie. um, Money Pit. She's watching the Money Pit. Oh, and and she makes the comment. He makes the comment about, oh, I don't know. I don't watch that much TV. And this is and this is another thing that kind of ticked me off a little bit. It goes from her sitting, looking at Adam Driver and the cameras from his perspective. And then he says that line, well, I don't watch much TV. And then as she looks at him annoyed and she looks to the TV, the camera from his perspective moves over to the TV. And it's the scene of him in the wheelbarrow going down the hill in money pit and the camera turns back and she turns her head away from it. And I'm like, oh, that's such a cool camera angle. If they're going to do stuff like this throughout the movie, that's going to be interesting. And I thought that's where the humor was going to be, but mm-hmm. they never do that again in the entire film. And, and I don't understand why they show the, and, 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 and the whole thing about having the money pit on the screen made me think that that was a hint to something else. And it never was.
0: I mean, I can that's see a little bit more in depth. Yeah. Than I yeah. thought. Cause I, I didn't, I don't know Money Pit, so I don't know like what to take away it, from it, that. It, it,
2: early Tom Hanks movies. They're they're all of them well not all of them, but you've got uh but you got the money pit, uh you've got uh sleep the suburbs. The Burbs, the Burbs, Sleep the, the is burbs, sleep
1: in Seattle. Sleep
2: is in Seattle, those are all good romantic comedies. Splash. Splash. So that's why I was thinking, oh, okay, well, they're showing Tom Hanks. He did mostly rom-coms as a younger actor, this will, you know, become, you know, kind of like, you know, you know, like funny things are going to happen th- 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 throughout all this tragedy or something. And uh-huh. it just never happened.
1: So I also think part of it is, and I don't know Noah Baumbach that well. I don't know his yeah. work. This is the first, I think this is the first movie of his I've actually seen. Um, I think this is his take on a romantic comedy. So I feel like it's,
2: so him How and Devin he, have the same line no, of No, and
1: I, I don't even think it. Like I think <laughs> I think it's what I was saying before is yeah. he's play, taking that romantic comedy formula and playing with it in his own way, telling his story, telling, having all of them tell their own divorce stories in this film, and that's great. And that I, is yeah. that is wonderful. And, and I feel like th- there's uh, like romantic comedy irony in the title of the film. It's called Marriage Story, but it's about a divorce, like. If that's not irony, I don't know what is. No, I mean like, it, it is, it is irony.
2: Yeah. And I will take this if it's, if it's like a dark comedy. If it's like a dark, rock oh, it com, definitely has elements of dark comedy. I'm fine with that. You know, the, the, the whole crazy mother thing. I thought that was actually partly humorous about like her mom being nuts. And yeah. and I like the actress. I like the actress that 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 they picked with her because she's a comedic actress. She was in the airplane movies. And I liked her in the airplane movies. So, I mean, I, I can see that. It's just my main point in the entire time I was watching this film. And after the end of it, I was thinking to myself, Devin's judging the script from a rom-com off of this film. He's never going to like any rom-com if he's trying to, (laughs) you know, to this. So that's where like my whole thing is.
1: Yeah. Like, so, so Devin, where are you at right now? I know we've been, the two of us have been talking for a while and no, so I,
0: I can understand that this isn't a rom-com and I totally get that. And I appreciate that. Like, I know that I do have to, to start framing things a little bit differently. I like the analogy a lot with Ferris Bueller's day off. I think that helped kind of illuminate a lot for me, but I think the parts of it that I loved. So first off, I know I love dark humor. I know that's me. Um, death at a funeral is the original one is like one of my favorite movies. Um, So I just really like dark humor a lot. So I think that I latched onto the humor of this movie more than a lot of people might have. And that's okay. But I think that the more realistic portrayal of some aspects of a relationship are the part that I think I look for in a movie about relationships more. And I think that I'm, I don't know. I, I think I might have, I just think in general, I don't, I I do a harder time with the camp or a harder time with the cheese. Like I think that the concept of a meat cute isn't something that I routinely want to watch. Like,
1: and and that's fair. And I feel like romantic, like good romantic comedies nowadays are getting away from that.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Um,
1: there, there are still those bad ones with rebel Wilson getting knocked out and then think like being in a romantic comedy and playing into those tropes. (laughs) Um, (sighs) But there are some better ones, and I have a few on, on the list for us to watch yeah. that I know you guys haven't seen that we can get to. Um, one that comes to mind is Begin Again. Yeah. Like that's not a romantic comedy per se, but it's more of a romantic comedy than this.
2: Yeah. So, oh. Devin, one thing, too, is I have to understand. The uh-huh. romantic comedies that we're going to have you watch eventually, yeah. these are like the best yeah. Like okay. we're cutting out all of the like lifetime quasi lifetime type ones. <laughs> like these are uh, generally like, you know, how like, you know, like you'll have a guy who's like, oh, yeah, no, I don't like romantic comedies. But then people start naming r- 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 romantic comedies and that same guy uh, who's like, I don't like romantic comedies like, oh, yeah, no, that's funny. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. that's good. Like these are those like, you know, Really accepted rom-coms. Like we're not going to be having you watch the real cheesy ones that like hardly. I'm not going to watch
0: like Christmas in handcuffs or they something. No, yeah. you're not.
1: Okay, right. so since we're we are going to be doing this in the future, yeah. Ryan, what is one movie that you're going to have Devin watch that's a rom-com?
2: I've I've got. I've got like
1: three or four in my head. I'm asking you for one. I know, I know, I know, I know, but I've got to talk through it because okay, I've got to fine. think. Uh, do you want me to t- tell mine for a bit? Yeah, you? Yeah, okay. yeah, So the one that I'm that I've been talking about making you watch for a while is yeah. Kate and Leopold with um, Meg Ryan and Hugh Jackman. And the thing with that movie is, while it's a rom com, it's also a fish out of water time travel story. So where you get the <laughs> the, the the cheesy stuff is not from the ro- romance; it's from the time travel aspect of it all so it, it's got the romantic cheesy stuff yes it's a Meg Ryan yeah. rom-com but it also has this other element of time travel and other things so it's like the fish out of water type story so it's not just okay. a rom-com where they meet in the subway with a meet queue. it's there's more to it than just that. And another romance. OK, I, I gave my one. I yelled at Ryan. Do you have I was about one? to say? Yeah,
2: <laughs> you yelled at me for doing something like that. Um, I like Tom Hanks. But then again, I like Runaway Bride and Pretty Woman. And I think I'm going to go with Runaway Bride. Because to me, that's the like our parents era, classic rom-com like type. Because of the people who okay. were in it. Okay, it's got some of the cheese in it because it was made in like the early nineties. But mm-hmm. it's mm, that, was li- that was late nineties, late nineties.
1: Runaway Bullet, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Chris Maloney's in that, and he was definitely on SVU by that point.
2: Ah, uh, okay. Oh yeah, that's right. He was. He wasn't SVU at that point. Yeah. So I mean, it's not as it's not as well known. It's not as like as well-received as like Pretty Woman. And it's not as funny or as like Tom Hanksies as the uh, Tom Hanks ones that I like. But yeah. it's one of the few, like it's the, it's 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 the furthest, it, it's the, it's the rom com that that is as deep into the rom com deep end of the pool as I'd go. Okay. Okay. Because there's I mean, a few the, in the, in the, scenes in that yeah. that I really, really like. At,
1: at, at the same time, though, that's too deep into the well for me. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I like I like Julia Roberts, but that's not my go-to.
2: Well, I mean, it's not really my go-to either, but it's something that I think like, would be I'd, good much
1: ra- I'd much rather watch My Best Friend's Wedding than
0: that.
2: I don't like My Best Friend's Wedding. Yeah.
0: I wonder... I, I'm really curious about these because I wonder what people like and don't like. Because I... I ultimately am like somebody who watches a superhero movie and doesn't like superhero movies. And they go, all superhero movies are the same. It's going to be some guy and it's going to be an accident and he gets his powers. And then he does a superhero thing and there's a bad guy and then he wins.
1: You like, could have said spoilers. Yeah. I know.
0: <laughs> For every MCU movie. But, like, that's how I feel about rom-coms. So I'm very curious about what aspects of them make them interesting and what aspects of them didn't. And I think maybe I might be so jaded because, Alan, I watched that Rebel Wilson movie expecting it to be a send-up of the romantic comedy genre, and that's not what I got.
1: Yeah. I'm not surprised. Look at
0: this thing. Look at this thing. Did you know this thing? The end.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, wasn't that movie more just, hey, we're going to lean into this and not make fun of it? We're just going to do it.
0: Pretty much. I mean, we're going to do it while Rebel Wilson comments that we're doing it. Like, Oh my gosh, we're having a cute, meet meat cute. I hate meat cutes, but it's still a meat cute and it's still yeah. happening. Do I
2: know what I'll do? He's doing I'm gonna have him do This is Sleepless in Seattle.
0: Okay. Because
2: I, because I was thinking about it and my thing with the reason why that um Runaway Bride is as far deep in, in that pool as I'll get mm-hmm. the male uh, the male actor. Richard Gere. I like Richard Gere.
1: I like Richard Gere. And as well. to
2: me, that's to me i i can feel that he had fun making that movie especially bouncing off of her i could definitely see that they had fun but there's a really cool scene in that that devin i think you'd like and uh-huh. i don't want you to have to sit through the whole movie to get to this one scene so i'll just tell you what it is <gasps> okay she's dated and uh, she she has run away from like 3 different guys at the altar or like 4 different guys at oh, the wow. altar why she's called runaway bride and he finds out interviewing all of these people all of these guys in town that mm-hmm. she always had her she always had her eggs like they had their eggs Like, the one had it scrambled, the one had it this and she always paired off of them. And he Mm -hmm. confronted her about that when they had their fight about, hey, you know, like you, you know, you don't even know how you like your eggs. And she makes like a snarky comment back. Well, later in the film, when they're doing their own thing, they show her in her kitchen with eight plates and and it's all eggs done differently. And she's trying (laughs) each one to see which one that she likes. Oh, and I really like that follow through that storyline because it's something so small, but it's true. Like she always copied her partner that she never really discovered what she liked for herself. So, yeah, I mean, that's I, kind I, of why I like to that's why I go that deep for that movie. That, but I think sleepest in Seattle would be better.
1: Now, uh, the egg thing is one of my favorite parts of Runaway Bride. Like It's yeah. one of the, the the kind of jokes, but storylines that I really enjoy because it is. A, a clever quirk. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, so we need to get back to marriage like story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. know right. the marriage right, right, story. Right. It was
0: just I know just... I'm excited to watch both of those movies, though. I hope we do them soon.
1: OK, so Devin, since you're the one who made us watch this, do you want to take point on this and ask some stuff? And
0: yeah, OK, so one of the things that that literally drew me into the movie first uh, was the intro, because the intro is them. Talking about each other in these very endearing terms, like in very, very, you know, nice. And then almost smash cutting directly to them in in the divorce, like counselor or or in marriage counseling. And one of the things that I think, I mean, as a married guy in general or soon to be married or whatever status (laughs) I currently am right now. um, It's
1: bad that you don't even know.
0: Yeah, we're like this weird middle ground. Um, yeah, it's really hard for me to explain to my wife
2: sometimes because yeah. like, I always want to refer to Romana as like your wife, but then I stop uh-huh. myself. So Kristen's always asked me, like, are they married or not? Like, What's going on? <laughs> I
0: mean, in the eyes of the United States government, yes. In the eyes of us, no. So however we refer to ourselves. But it's so <laughs> the part that drew me in and the part that was so jarring is seeing how in love and how much respect this couple has for each other immediately juxtaposed by just this. I mean, just the exact opposite. I don't want to read mine. The whole, like, I have so much contempt for you. I'm not even going to say nice things and how you can see a relationship turn from that to that. And in what seems like no time at all at that part, not only was I drawn in, but I was also like terrified. I was like, oh my God, that's literally my worst nightmare just played out. Like as like a quasi married, whatever I am guy. Did you guys have a strong reaction to that? Or did you guys just go, okay, well, that's to set up the movie. Let's go on.
1: I I mean, it it was kind of hard to have as strong of a reaction as you did because I kind of know where this movie's going. Hmm. Part of the the problem with this movie is that in the few months that it's been out, because it was on Netflix, it became meme material right away. Yeah. So like – So you know it's about divorce. You know they have this giant fight later on. So it, Mm -hmm. it you like, it's heart wrenching to have them say all these nice things and hear everything they have to say about each other, and then just have it it turn. It never gets read. Like it is heart wrenching, and that it that that's a married guy. Like that is something that, like I was thinking about thinking about myself. Like what would I write about my wife? Mm -hmm. And like. What I like, yeah, like, <laughs> um okay, I kinda I, lost I, where I was going
2: with that, but. About, uh, <laughs> no, for me, I just took it as the normal setup because I mean i I already kind of knew what the movie was about, yeah, and I was somewhat kind of confused about how it started because they're talking about each other, this and that, and then when it went into the the counselor's room and she said that she didn't want a readers i was like mm-hmm. oh okay this is the setup well i mean i didn't really think too deeply about it, it
1: even even with the introductions for each of them the more, further on you get the more you can tell that they're actually annoyed with this stuff especially with the monopoly
2: well yeah
1: like the monopoly like, that was shown right at the beginning yeah. yeah. Uh, well, no. In, like, no, yeah. But I'm talking about, like, in their introductions. You can oh, yeah. tell that there's a little, like, even though they're saying <laughs> these nice things, there's hostility there. Like, you can pick it up in the way they, in the words that they use. They're too nice in spots. Yeah. And, like, it's so juxtaposed to what you're seeing on screen, like him getting up and leaving Monopoly. This is
0: bullshit. Yeah. Like,
1: it, you can tell there's hostility there, even in these lovely notes that they wrote for each other,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which I really well, enjoy. And I think-
0: yeah. Yeah, I think part of that is what I like the most about this movie is it does a lot subtly. It's yeah. not as bombastic as a lot of movies are where they're like I hate you. I hate you more. It does it in a way that I feel like real couples would talk in that situation.
1: I was going to make a joke but <laughs> No, do you, it.
0: You,
1: it's bombastic. Bombastic.
0: Cuz it's <laughs> no it bombast. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm sorry oh, everyone. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I I liked it. Don't yeah. don't you beat yourself up. But, uh, so that was immediately one of the things I was drawn to the most about this movie. And then I liked what I, the one of the things I liked the most then afterwards was how out of control it got from two people that just meant well. Like it looks like they went into this vo- divorce and they both wanted to do by, well by each other. They both wanted to do good and they just wanted a you know, as amicable a divorce as possible. They wanted to not make this hard on their son and hard on their lives. But they did definitely want a divorce and then everybody outside of it kept escalating and escalating and escalating to the point where they had to have that fight. And I thought that was another interesting aspect of it where both of these people are being completely affected by the situation and by the people in the situation and not necessarily by themselves or what they want.
1: Yeah, you can definitely see there's outside manipulation to their situation.
2: Not just outside manipulation. This movie shows you how much of a horrible nightmare and minefield divorce court is. Yeah. I mean, you take two people that really just wanted to split things evenly or maybe even just not evenly because he was fine with her taking whatever she wanted. He didn't care. I mean, Mm -hmm. well, he he did care, but he was being nice. Um, But I mean, it's like it's like at the same time it was where like both of them were ignorant about what the law was. Yeah, I it's like she went out to L.A. not knowing that he couldn't talk to a lawyer that she had already talked to, not knowing that bringing the kid along was going to cause that much problem. Like because people just don't know these things who haven't been through it.
1: See, here's the thing, though. I feel like at a certain they don't really ever say that she didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I kind of read it as she did do this to screw him over.
2: No, because see, the thing is the, the clue for me that she didn't was when the secretary said, Oh no, it's, you know, you probably took it as that's the clue of like her actually doing it Yeah. to me with Prior to talking to that person on set that said that she used this lawyer, then that's how we got introduced to Satan. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, and, and everything else, I truly do not believe that she intentionally did that. I believe that's I, I, I really believe that whole thing and then him winding up with that old lawyer was Mm -hmm. just to show how much of a minefield that that whole thing is. Because even towards the very end, like right uh, when she's fully on board with having this lawyer doing everything that she needs to do to get things over with, she still Mm -hmm. does not come across as that manipulative.
1: Yeah. I don't know, because I... I can see I I read it as she went to all these lawyers after she met with Laura Dern because
0: uh. up until the
1: point where she meets Laura Dern she's not seeing lawyers she's not interested in getting the the thing moving she's out there to shoot that pilot it's only when the assistant director comes up and says hey you need to go see Laura Dern that all of like, everything starts so i think Laura Dern has her go to these other lawyers to screw him up?
2: Okay. Well, if that's the case, that just uh, I makes don't know that lawyer being Satan even yeah, more. And so. I don't so, know right. if yeah. the,
1: I don't know how I think she's she's probably ignorant to all of that. Yeah. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I think there was some intent, whether it's from ScarJo or Laura Dern's character, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I don't want to call Laura Dern Satan. No,
2: I'm talking about the character. I'm not talking about the actress. Um, that's why I know. not have a problem with it.
1: Like they just started me <laughs> feel bad. Yeah, doesn't make me um, feel bad. She won an Oscar. Well, she's I, a nice lady. Exactly. Uh, she's a
2: nice lady, and she did a great job. She did an excellent. She took
1: out that star destroyer. She did an
0: excellent <laughs> job of
2: playing Satan. Um, congrats. But I mean,
0: this exact topic though is exactly why I like this movie. Where, in I mean, so I mean, I'm the child of two divorced parents, like. This kind of stuff happened in my real life, too, where mom would go do something, whether it was innocuous or not, was completely unknown. She would do something. Dad would take it as, oh, no, this was a direct attack or would take it as, oh, she didn't know what she was doing. And there was never really that clarity of why did you do what? Why did you do this? And all we had ever were just little hints of like. Well, she said it this way, and probably that means she didn't do it. And I love that because so much in this movie can be attributed to, well, did they do that on purpose? Like, the part that got me the most was at the divorce court trial when they brought up her drinking. And they're like, oh, well, her alcoholism. And and it was like, no, like, definitely not. And you were like, well, did, did Adam Driver say to focus on that, or did he just bring it up because he's a terrible lawyer too?
2: What I think that was, because, I mean... Adam driver's character at right. He, he made up his mind or started making up his mind that he was going to go with the other lawyer as soon as about probably 10 seconds into hearing that awful joke that his current lawyer was trying to tell him when they were on (laughs) break. I feel like that's when the thought process was, I'm just going with the other guy. If, if my ex, if my ex wife, Uh Hired Satan, then I need my own Satan, and so that's what that was. And well, I think that's I f- what that was. Yeah, I truly uh, I I truly truly do. And Roy Roy Lyota Roy, Ray. Ray, yes, Leota. perfect. Almost got it. Perfect.
1: Yeah, I wondered why he wasn't in the Irishman. Now I know he was doing <laughs> something else for Netflix. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so in this divorce story. Thank you. Um, do we, who did you guys find yourself rooting for somebody over the other? Like, did you find yourself rooting for Adam driver over ScarJo? ScarJo I found myself yelling at both of them. Okay.
2: And because I had a feeling that they were both being idiots because one of, one of the things that I didn't care if this ended up with them getting back together or not, um, They were both idiots because when the communication was their biggest problem, Yeah, it was glaring. That was the biggest problem in this whole thing to where Scarlett Johansson's character, um, for better or for worse, never really explained her true feelings about what she wanted in her life to Adam Driver's character and just kind of went along for the ride. Her 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 character's words. She went along for the ride. Um, and she thought that that would be enough, which I could see some people, you know, thinking that, and then they wind up in a place. It was like, hang on a second. I, I, this is not where I want to be and they want to get out. (laughs) And I felt, and I feel like the way that they cared for each other, even though the love may not fully be there like it was before, um, is what is, what was troubling. And I was constantly thinking to myself, one or two words could have, you know, could change the path that they're on regardless of all of the outside you know noise that they're getting one or Mm -hmm. one or one or two things said at a certain time throughout the whole movie could have changed things could have changed the way that things were going and then after the film when i was reading all of the articles the article in the atlantic that i mentioned before Mm -hmm. the person who reviewed this movie interviewed a marriage counselor and asked him what what you know was this movie work or fun for you? And the marriage counselor said, actually, this was pretty entertaining because the person would have loved to have those two characters in their room, because that marriage counselor said that these two characters could have been saved. That oh that, wow was it that they were not at the point that other couples that this person sees in reality are, where the marriage is just done and they're doing counseling to make sure that the divorce runs clu- runs smoothly. The counselor said that they that the idea of having a couple like Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver's characters in a room to talk about their issues to this marriage counselor was almost sounded fun to them because of how much they still cared for each other. Okay, so that feeling of these two, you know, that you know that I had of that these two could, you know, potentially save themselves or Mm -hmm. at least make the divorce easier. I
0: felt was valid after reading that article.
1: All right, Devin, how about you?
0: Maybe that's one of the things that drew me in about this movie so much though, was even at the very end when Scarlett Johansson was with somebody else, they were definitely divorced, their divorce and their co-parenting was normal. You can tell they still at least had a lot of respect for each other, if not still cared for each other. And I think it's that nuance of emotion where the marriage is over, that part of our lives is over, but we still care about each other and it's not a definite hate. I think that's what I get really drawn to in movies is that like complexity of character where like in the beginning when Scarlett Johansson gives him the papers or serves him the divorce papers and he doesn't immediately blow up and walk out of the room. They put their son to bed and then they discuss a hotel he's going to sleep in and he leaves. It shows that level of respect but forced distance and I think that it's situations like that, that like that thought breaks my heart so much. I think that the fact that they still care for each other, they still have respect for each other, but they're definitely down this path now and neither one of them is turning back and neither one of them is going to take that step to save it. That's what I think the real tragedy here is. Not yeah. that, I mean, the lawyers getting involved in it, getting out of their hands sucks, but the fact that they won't take that step and they all know it's there.
1: And I think part of it is they want it to part of them wants to go down that path of the lawyers because they're both upset about the way this is playing out. They, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. He's upset that she's in L.A. He, she's upset that he doesn't want her. in LA. Yeah. So it's both kind of like <clears throat> I'm going to just to spite you, I'm going to do this. And then it just escalates and escalates and escalates until the point when they're in court. Like, yeah, like it just gets out of control, out of anger and like spite. And
2: yeah. I think a good uh, draw point to the, a good point to pull on for that is where I, I, I forget when it is exactly. No. Satan's involved in this scene. <laughs> but not, re, but not Ray Liotta. Liotta, Ray yeah. Liotta. Ray, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, is Henry when, Hill? Yeah, there, there we go. <laughs> is when um, they're talking about things that, like, whenever it's an idea that goes Adam's way, it's a uh-huh. plan. But whenever it's something that Scarlet. Wants done, it's a discussion. Yeah, and they bring that yeah. up, and it's one of those things where you could tell Adam Driver put a, put an expression on his face for his character of like, do I do that? It was just disbelief, like he wasn't aware that he was actually doing that. It was just because of the type of person he is. He's a director in New York. Like he's very, you know, like this is what I want. This is what happens. And he didn't realize he was carrying that over into his personal relationships. And that's what I really liked about that scene. It was kind of like, I mean, yeah, he was being a dick about that. But at the same time. Nobody nobody really called him out on it until then.
1: But at the same time, like even after she does the pilot and her show goes to series, yeah. he's still expecting her to move back to New York. And even though that's not going to happen well, because yeah. she has a TV show in Los Angeles. And
2: that's part of him not being able to get it all the way through his head that it's like, you know, not going his way for once. Because even like she said to her lawyer, like almost everything that he wanted to do, they did. Yeah. You know, like they wanted yeah. to go to Europe. I mean, he, he wanted to go to Europe for six months to work on that project. They went to Europe for six months to work on that project. You know, it's okay. like whatever he wanted to do, they did.
1: This is how I saw the movie. Adam Driver is the villain. Like throughout the whole thing. He's the bad guy. He's the one who kept her from L.A., from her career. Yeah. He held her back. He's, he's the one who's saying, no, you need to come back to New York. He's the yeah. one who, like, everything she does... I think she's manipulated into doing everything he does: sleeping with the stage director, making her saying she has to come back to New York. Like that's all on him. She's manipulated by Laura Dern's Nora character. He's Mm -hmm. just straight up a dick.
2: Yeah. Wow. I feel like that's how I saw this. Yeah. No. And 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 that's fine. (laughs) And I'm not disagreeing with that at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I feel like part of that, like part of that dickishness from him. Yeah. Um, he's not really aware of. that. He's, no,
1: he might not be, but yeah. it's still there.
2: Yeah. No, no, no. no. It, yeah. It and is. It's she, totally still there. That's she, all I'm saying. And
1: she calls it on him enough before the lawyers get involved to the point that they get involved, that it should have been addressed in whether it's in counseling, therapy, um their priest? I don't know, but it should have been addressed before that. True.
2: Um, but what I'm saying is that at, at the same time, I think that therapy session was probably what, like their second or third? I it's they not sound it, like it, it wasn't it. the
1: first. I don't think it was yeah. a therapy session. It was a mediator. Huh? Oh. It, it, it wasn't a therapy session. Oh, it was it, a mediator. So it was,
2: it was a mediator. But I feel like at that point, like she kept on trying to bring this up, and he wouldn't see it because of just. They've been together for what, 10 years? And mm-hmm. I feel like to him, this is all kind of sudden. And he acts like that, like it's sudden. And I feel like it took five or six people to throw it in his face before he realized it.
1: Yeah. And I don't think he really does until everything's done.
2: Yeah, no, he does it until like the very end. Yeah. Um, and you can see a distinct change in him.
1: Yeah. Once he actually tries – once he starts decorating his apartment, that's when he's actually trying to get everything. Like he he knows that there's a chance that he's not going to win. Yeah. He's cocky throughout the whole thing that they are going to go back to New York yeah. and he's going to be able to go do his play. When he, when he lost the show on Broadway, that should have been the first sign that everything was going bad. But it took him months after that to figure it out. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
2: – oh, I just yeah. want to say too as a little point – the whole cutting of the arm thing. Okay. I don't think that needed okay, to be yeah. in there at all.
0: No, okay, good. Because that part actually really grated on me too. It didn't feel like it fit. That,
1: see, that to me is like the biggest element of a dark comedy. Like, it's like, oh, he's, I thought he was going to die. Like, I, actually, yeah, I, thought he lied, I thought when he was laying on the floor, just bleeding, like I thought he was going to die. And he looked like he wanted to because he and I think that's where the character was. Like He's like, oh, my God, I just messed this up so bad that mm-hmm. I'm just going to lay here and bleed out. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's so defeated in that moment. Um, I I thought that whole observation was awkward as hell. Mm-hmm. And it was. Yeah. And like for that. I had to pause the movie and step away when he got the arm. Like, that just got me. Like, I I can't I can't do that. Like, that shit is just... <laughs> oh.
0: Kinda so, like wait, Ryan, was that part to too awkward for you?
2: Hmm? Kind of like taking a drill to the eye socket and taking out the... Uh... No, never
0: Ooh. mind. Oh, that part hurt. That sounds like it hurt.
2: I'm trying to reference something to a TV show that I think he's watching, oh. but I'm not sure now. Oh.
0: <laughs> anyway... Let's keep on. No, I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. We'll
1: talk about that after the show. Yeah.
0: Uh (laughs) Anyway. But, Ryan, was that part too awkward for you? Because I know when you get awkwarded out in movies, like, you really feel that. Like, for me, that was, like, so freaking cringy.
2: Yeah, no, like, that was a five. I talked about that
0: whole, like, anxiety
2: scale (laughs) thing. Like, that was a five. Like, I I, I had to, like (laughs) – I was sitting on the couch. I grabbed a pillow. I was – I had to I keep was on dry reminding heaving. myself that it was going to be over in a few minutes. Like, it, it, it got really bad. I Extra- was
1: dry heaving. I got, I was like... Bleh like no, yeah,
0: no 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 no, no. no
2: my reaction was completely different my thing with the whole cutting of the arm thing that's when the whole 5 went to a 0 and i was like this didn't need to be in the movie it doesn't fit yeah like that's when like that took me directly out of the movie completely
1: speaking of things that took me out of the movie i've got a Let's big it. gripe with this okay movie. so what's so I can't what's wait. your
2: huge issue okay
1: so they have this giant fight scene where they're all yelling at each other like "I wish you were dead." And this, they—they're both acting their asses off. Like that's the clip that they submitted Great to the scene. Oscars. Fantastic scene. My problem with it is the Randy Newman score right after it to, to like transition scenes where it just sounds like he's about to break into "You've Got a Friend in Me." Like you got a friend in me. Like the Randy <laughs> Newman score was. And in, in that moment was too close to Toy Story that it took me right out of the movie. Like everything that I just got from that scene, gone. Really? Yes. Wow. That's... I
2: need to rewatch this. That's, that's, that's what a, your huge thing was.
1: Yes. Because it's such dramatic moment. And I like... Randy Newman's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But... It was like the chords were just in the 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 rhythm was just so close to Toy Story in that moment that it just got, it made me think of that. I'm like, wait, I just watched these two top of their game actors act their asses off, and now I'm thinking of you've got a friend in me. And I was waiting for like Sarah <laughs> McLaughlin and a doll to be left at the side of the road. And it just <laughs> It took me right out of it.
2: I feel like that's you,
1: but <laughs> I feel like that's- it is, and it's completely fine. Like I, <laughs> I, I know how I am. Okay. but I will say a moment that redeemed that musically okay. was at the end when they're when they both get their chance to sing. Yeah, and she's singing this this happy song with her mother and sister, celebrating like she's happy where she is in life. She's she's got a show that's successful. She's in LA where she's wanted to be. She's back with her family. She's singing this joyous song. And then he's singing being alive from company. And he's just wearing his heart on his sleeve, singing to his Mm. friends, just pouring out his heart. Like it's like one, I didn't know Adam driver could sing. And he's maybe not the best singer, but it was good for what that was. That moment is just so powerful. And they did it all in one take. And I'm pretty wow. sure it looked like it was Randy Newman playing piano in that scene too. Um, and I, it, though? I, it looked like it. Um, wow. I couldn't tell, but that like that, like as much as I hated the toy story transition, I, the, I loved him singing. Like I, it, I need to look at the soundtrack and see if that's on there because that just, that got to me.
2: Okay. So Kristen and I have, uh, have, have watched, Toy Story, Toy Story 3, and Toy Story 4 in the past two weeks.
1: why did you skip two? Huh? Why did you skip two?
2: We just did. We didn't. It, it wasn't intentional. It was just something. Oh. It was like we just didn't, you know. It's, I like three. I really like one. Uh, we were going to watch two one night, but I got home
0: from late to work. Uh, you just I got home. You didn't late want to
1: cry to at work. the Jesse yeah. song. That's what it was. Oh, Jesse it's so song? sad. Yeah. It's sad when, when
0: it, somebody loves you. It, yeah. What, what, from
1: two? Yeah. Yeah. What?
0: I,
2: I, I, three is the, ter- three is the tearjerker.
1: Two, two has that song with Jesse being alone. Okay. Like that one. me. that one got, no, that one got me. me. Yeah. yeah. No. It's, a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot funnier when Randy Newman sings.
2: Yeah. Me, no, Randy Newman doesn't make me feel sad. Randy Newman <laughs> no, just doesn't this, make it's me the, feel anything. It's the, it's, the,
1: the, it's, the, it's the Sarah McLachlan song. Okay. Where she's left on the side of the road. Do you not have a heart? No, I do because I <laughs> cried when they were
2: about to go into the incinerator in yeah. three, and they were all holding hands, looking at each other. Yeah. Me, to me, that's more emotionally clinging than just you know a box being left on the side of the road. Now, if there were actual animals in the box, I'd be upset, but it's a toy. And four, we haven't seen four, so I'm not going to say anything.
1: It is a child's <laughs> plaything, anyway.
2: <laughs> Wait, you haven't to seen me, four? Evan? I saw that uh, uh, we. What I'm trying to say is that I watched three out of the four Toy Story films before watching this very recently. Yeah. And nothing reminded me of Toy Story in that song, that transition song. Nothing. And I've just, and and, and it's been in my head for the past two weeks. It's fine.
1: It's not even just Toy Story. It was just so Randy Newman that I was also expecting Monk to start walking up the street.
0: Monk? Uh, (laughs) uh, This movie did need a lot more Tony Shaloub. I think you're right.
1: Oh, man. Tony Shaloub. Have, g- have you guys watched um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel?
0: Yes. And he's fantastic. He's
1: one of the best parts of that show. Tony Shaloub. Absolutely. Monk. Oh, the actor Monk. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. OK. I like Monk. I also liked Wings.
1: He's anything. I, re- I, I mean, I can't think of a bad thing Tony Shaloub is in. I think maybe the, maybe the worst is like Men in Black 2. Yeah. 13 Ghosts was great. Yeah, he's the uh, pawn shop guy from the first one who brings, gets Kay back his memory.
2: Do you have any idea oh, how was. much that stings?
1: Oh, that was him. Wow. The best Tony oh. Shalhoub performance, the, like my favorite Tony Shalhoub anything, is Galaxy Quest. <laughs> hey oh, guys, yeah, he wasn't uh, they're telling me that the engines can't take much more of this, <laughs> so uh, if we could just... <laughs> Slow down. (laughs) I absolutely
2: (laughs) love him in that because he is the only one out of all of them who is absolutely loving what is going on. Like he is absolutely in love with everything that's going on to them. And he's just he's just going with it.
1: Um, Okay, back to my good actor.
0: Yeah. I mean, so the one thing I wanted to bring up, because I know we're kind of short on time. I wanted to bring up the fight. We touched on it a little bit, but this is one of the things that I think was memed the most. Mm hmm. Uh, I haven't seen any of them. I know they exist. I haven't seen a single marriage story meme. But Alan, you said you knew what it was because of it. Was the fight scene ruined or did it lose its impact because of the memes?
1: I don't think it I don't think it was ruined. I think I knew it was coming. I think when I watch that scene, I'm just looking at it as here are these two actors in these characters just letting it all out Uh like everything's been building and building and building and even in the scene before they actually start yelling at each other you can just feel Mm. that tension build and it gets to the point where this needs to happen so it's very cathartic for both of them so Mm. when it finally when they finally do explode it's just there's so much rage and passion there because i don't think you would get to that point unless they cared like I don't think – if they didn't both have mutual respect for each other, they wouldn't have gotten to that point where it just took so long for them to to explode like that.
2: Well, because it, it, it's grief and it's disappointment yeah. because, of, because of how they put each other – in each other's minds, they put the other on a pedestal. Yeah. And that pedestal was false. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's their disappointment in themselves. It's the it's the disappointment in the other, and it's grief that it's all coming to an end. And that's everything that you saw in that scene.
1: But as far as like the memes go, like the one thing I saw was like him saying, "Don't you dare compare me to my father," and then it's just like a picture of Han Solo. Uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, I know, I know it that was from a, a GIF. Yeah, there's a GIF of him yelling. Yeah. But people uh, put different things in there So yeah. I mean I it's, knew it was from this I just didn't know when it was going to happen
1: It's that and it's like him yelling And his arms pointing down he's like chicken nuggets And then his baby Yoda chicken nuggets mm-hmm. Like <laughs> yeah. It's really stupid stuff mm-hmm. um, Okay so
0: nothing like that would ruin the scene Or anything no, like that like, but, no. but,
1: but speaking of memes I feel like we need to address this real quick Did you guys see any of the uh, Kobe Bryant memorial Last night?
0: No no, I didn't. So
1: Michael Jordan spoke, yeah. and he had a mm-hmm. moment where he's crying, and he's like, and Damn, my brother Kobe, like it's all his fault that I'm gonna have to deal with another crying Jordan meme for the yes, next he several said years. That? Yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> everyone lost it. Like it, it it's a it's a sad moment because he's heartbroken about Kobe. Yeah. But at the same time, he's like, I know what the internet's gonna do with this. <laughs> and I told my wife that I don't want to have to deal with this for the next few years, but here you go, internet. Yeah. And then right away today, like Grant, it was just all crying Jordan. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the crying Michael Jordan meme is like in the Hall of Fame of memes. Yeah, it is. Um, OK,
1: final thoughts on Marriage Story.
2: It's good. I just don't think you should ever use it to compare rom-coms with.
1: I, I, I think it's a good. Good way to look at a realistic portrayal of a relationship.
2: Yes, I don't
1: think you should expect a realistic portrayal of a relationship from a rom-com.
0: yes. I think that's going to be the part I struggle with the most. Yeah, I think I, that's, but but I can I might get over it.
1: And I feel like the like the whole, cons like different concepts for a rom com. Like there's no way you can take Kate and Leopold dramatically seriously because he's from the 1800s, she's from 1990s New York. Like,
2: <laughs> oh, interesting. Zeepless in Seattle is kind of like a fantasy to yeah. a point, so you it, can't really take that seriously either. It's just – it's a nicely acted movie, and it's Tom Hanks. It,
1: it's Nora Ephron. It, yeah. it, it's very well done. Yes. Um, another romantic movie that I will have you guys watch soon that, that I wouldn't classify as a comedy, but it's called Somewhere in Time. And I think we've talked about this before. It's Christopher Reeve and Jane Seymour.
0: Mm-hmm. OK. Um,
1: and he travels back in time and falls in love with her, and it has to – that's all I'm going to say. It It's a beautiful movie. I just – When I went on my Superman kick in high school, I watched it. I was like, oh, my God, I love this Hmm. because I I just love a good time travel movie. And it it's different in the way they portray it. So we'll definitely watch that down the line. But it's not it's definitely not a romantic comedy. It's it's just straight up romance. So I do have one more thing that I want to talk about with marriage story. And it's the Halloween costumes at the end. Yeah, because i i i read i read a little bit of significance into his costume. So his whole his ex wife, her boyfriend, the mother in law, and their son are the Beatles. Oh yeah, and he's a ghost, and he's a ghost. Yeah, and then so like he's on the outside, but then the very end of the like he's wearing the costume as a ghost, as this outsider, and then he takes off the costume, and she's, and she's like, "Hey, you know what? He's tired. Why don't you take him for the night?" Like that, like him taking off that costume. Shows that they're they are able to cohabitate and co-parent successfully, and I want to say it's a happy ending, but it's as happy and an, an, as as an ending that you're going to get in this movie.
2: It's to make sure the son's not yeah. going to grow up to be the lead singer of Senses Failed.
1: <laughs> but <Ba-dum-tsh.
2: laughs>
0: <laughs> I liked it, Ryan. I oh, liked good, it. Yeah. Devin. You know who they are? Yeah, I've heard of them before. Oh, good. I don't good, know good. a lot was... about them, but I've heard of them. Yeah, no, their
2: lead singer has. Yeah. (laughs) Some of their songs are about that
0: kind of a
1: thing. (laughs) Okay, so we, uh, Devin, this is your film. Final thoughts?
0: Yeah. Guys, I I mean, I I, I don't know what to say. I like this movie. It surprised me in a lot of ways, and it made me feel a lot. And I think that any movie that can genuinely do that is a good movie in my book. So I I love it.
1: Okay, so this was we talked about this because Laura Dern won for best. Supporting Actress. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think next week we're going to take a look at another Best Acting category. Uh, Brad Pitt won f- for Best Supporting Actor. We're going to skip ba- like Best Actor because we already did Joker. But Best Supporting Actor <laughs> went to Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I saw at the, before the end of last year and really enjoyed. And I feel like you guys need to watch it. So okay. tune in next week when I have these guys watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for the first time. Uh, if I say time one more time, I'm going to lose track of all time. So,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay, so for you who have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan.
0: And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. Somebody crowd me with love. Somebody force me to
1: care. Somebody make me come through. I'll always be
0: there as frightened as you to help us survive being alive life being alive life